Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, good night, good health, and good wealth to all of you. Welcome to Quest 15. The title is called Humbleness, Alchemical, Elemosity, Elevalence, and the theme is Waste Not, Want Not. Where have I been in the last five solar and lunar eclipses? What's my quest? What quest have I been on since my absence from the radio wave in the last 15 moon? Well, let me tell you about it. I went through the alchemical illuminary process of death, dying, evilness, devilish, darkness into light. The lesson of light that came to shine with this great virtue of being human is humbleness. It only took me five drafts and 15 moons and one recording to make it all possible. Thank you, Mother and Father of the Universe. Thank you, God and Goddess. How does the alchemical process of the present state of being in humanity to foretell, foresight, for us to preserve in this present moment? As a seeker, I can tell you that there's a force gathering. What is the outcome and how it will affect you and me is still remain a mystery. The magical perspective of the indication that change is here. And this is the 15th state of being and the cycles of time. And this is the 15th question that I ask you to come along with me on this quest of sojourn or the soul's journey. It's December and if you have college students like me, it's time for their final exam just before Christmas break. It's a time to write their thesis before the year of 2020. As for me, being the student of life, it's time for me to summarize the final course of astral, mathematical, meta-linguistic, and the jungle of science in the relationship between the lions and the elephant. Please don't take these course too seriously and literally because I only teach these courses in the university we call Life, Love, and Legacy. Before we begin our quest, I must admit, wait, 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 let's just set our intention for this podcast so we can pay attention in knowing what is truly important. First, Know the vocabulary word that summarizes 2020 to 2021 is called elemosity. Is it a noun? Is it an adjective? Second, be able to use fractions and numbers to calculate the virtue of human humbleness in the state we called humanity. The third intention will review what is the valence electron energy, measure its frequency, 
and the vibrations of gold and uranium. The fourth is I'll share with you the two main stories of the jungle science from Asia to Africa and how nature selected the elephant to represent humility. Last, but definitely not the least, how can you use waste not and want not as a theme to build your foundation in the garden of elevalence? Your goal, if you choose to continue, to learn to expand your range of vocabulary, the logical calculation, and here is your personal quest for you to take after this podcast. What? What? If you were a ranger in a jungle, what mysterious surprise in the forest of life are you willing to explore? Why? Why is humility, humbleness, humanity, and being human so difficult on the 15th day of the full moon? How? How does your atomic weight determines your valence electron shift from chicken shit to elephant dung in the waste not and want not? Where? Where is your holiday spirit in the present moment? Is it now here or nowhere? In this space-time continuum, where exactly is the space of your W? Is the W in the tail of the no as in now here? Or is the W the leader of the here in as in nowhere? Why? Why is the W of wisdom matters at all? For those of you who don't know the process of my writing these quests, I share my life stories. I give the key points in how to ride the waves of change. Before I write, I meditate. I retrieve these stories in my dream state. Most of the time, it takes me a while to break the code of the spiritual world of symbols, graph, pictures, and feelings for me to go through the living works and the matter of this world. Most of the time, I write for several days and it takes about a day or two to record. However, in this 15 quest, number 15 is definitely an alchemical process of going through 15 moons from heart to head. 
Originally, the foundation of elevalence is very basic from the very beginning. Ella means to lift, to shift, and to encourage the student of life to be the gift of human kindness. When you take Ella as an elevator to move from one energy level to another, from one range to overarch to another range, and expand our perceptions instead of looking in only one perspective, we encourage you to expand your horizon and look from another point of view. LA, as in to elect, to be an electorate, or to exceed the electromagnetic field energy. When we elect something, we choose by taking the initiative action to be the first to change instead of letting the condition make us change. When we become an electorate, we take into the consideration of the opposite polarity or points of view that may have caused an electric shock, emotional charge, or in my case, an alchemical process of the soul's journey. Ella, as being elegance in the way we dance to the music, the elemental elements that gracefully allow us to move in this present moment. Thus, we are describing the words of wisdom called elemosery. But first, let's get a little chemistry between us and talks about connection. Ella valence is broken down into two parts. Ella is an energy that I bring into the conversation. Valence is the communications between two atoms. Valence is a number of electrons that circulate and traveled around their circumference and orbits around the nucleus of a chemical element. In our physical universe, they're composed of four substances known as air, water, fire, and earth. And the fifth element is the state of space where all these elements exist. There are 118 chemical elements that exist in our, in our atmosphere. Each of the chemical elements has an atomic number and atomic weight that link to the basic chemical property. For example, if we take the element of gold, because everybody loves gold, we love to wear gold, we love to get a gold medal, and all of us wants to be the golden child. Well, gold has 79 in its atomic number, and the atomic weight is 196 in the periodic table. There are 79 electrons in the configuration that orbits around the nucleus of gold. And gold contains six levels of energies that makes gold precious, pure, pristine, 
expensive, and rare. Just imagine if we gathered around the golden temple, and the center of the stage or the throne were the most powerful, high energy frequency of the nucleus is held. Well, there were seven electrons or electrode students who wants to learn the wisdom of the world. Because the core or the center of the nucleus hold extreme high vibrational knowledge. So the golden temple has to set up levels of understanding where the basic math, the knowledge of high and low vibration, and then testing the limit of imagination and meditation, and then how one reserves and protect his or her vitality and having the knowledge without going crazy or dropping out. Just like the element of gold, the atomic numbers divides itself into six different levels of aptitude and capacity to handle these high frequency. The closer the electron to the nucleus, the faster it spins and travel. So the first innermost level are the highest charge and it has two seats of electron. The second most level has eight. The third has 18. The fourth level has 32. The fifth has 18. And the outermost level, which is the sixth level, has one electron. Now, let's compare gold to uranium. Uranium, it has 92 electrons compared to gold, which is 79. The atomic weight of uranium is 238 compared to gold, which is 196. Now, what element is more rare? Is it gold or do you think it's uranium? Yep, that's right, uranium. Uranium is radioactive. It's not easily harvested or handled by many people. The primarily use of uranium is used for nuclear weapon, and uranium can use to charge up power plants, which gives energy for the whole state. So what does the valence electrons have to do when you're comparing gold and uranium? Uranium has six valence electron in its outermost level, while gold has one. The valence electron determine its ability to chemically bond with another element. Thus, when uranium combine chemically with the other heavy metal electron, it can cause an atomic bomb, which is a really, really big energy expansion. While gold, on the other hand, when it's combined with pure metal electrons, 
It can form a mixture that can become medicines that heal or when it combines with a non-conductive material. It can activate different diseases. Think about that. In life, not all of us come here to experience the same lessons in love and generosity or being altruistic. Our emotions or energy is like these valence electrons. The more the person overcome hardship and life's trials, the wider the range of these emotional landscape that a person encompassed in his or her life's destiny. Life in 2021 is asking my heart to love more in this present. Life is requesting my ego to be a little bit kinder by becoming to an understanding of the basic elemental of human needs. In the past 15 moons, I took some time to ask my soul to dance with the world's noise with more grace and elegance. If I had to summarize the year from 2020 to 21, the word would be elemosery. Elemosery is spelled E-L-E-E-M-O-S-Y-N-A-R-Y. Elemosery is an adjective. The definition is relating to being gratuitous, dependent on the charity of kindness of others. The synonym word that you may know is being altruistic, which is true to one's nature of the heart. Beneficent, every action is act in good faith. Benevolent, the aim to be respectful in all circumstances. Philanthropic, do the highest good. And giving generosity with a lot of time and space called patience. For the last several decades, I would pick a word to live by for the year. Most people have a New Year's resolution. I have a New Year's word where I study the root of the word and experience every test aspect and the challenges of the word just to get the wisdom behind the word. Having a year off from podcasting allowing me to study the depth of being elemosary. In the time where the human consciousness are splitting in polarity, us versus them, and the shift of the electromagnetic altitude is the state of being gratitude for all the lessons of these dark tunnels, being in deep doo-doo, and seeing the death of many and seeing the slow destruction of all system as I have known it to be. I gave birth 
to elevalence with the philosophy about life, love, loss, and legacy. Life is a gift. Respect life. Revere life. There is nothing more holy than life. The goal of elevalence is to love what is and how and why things turn out for the good, the bad, the ugly, and learn to love it all. Love the process, the pressure, and the perfect timing. Our physical human body holds our soul, and the gift of the present is having our soul experienced through the journey in this time and space and dimensional reality. Our time here is measured by how much our spirit is willing to take chances, to make mistakes, to have faith in God and the divine, to know the rules, change the rules, to do great things, and attach to know things that makes us great. Integrate the light, the dark, the shadow, the shine. Test the elements and allow each breath that we take and have a good rest when we're climbing in high altitude and let our brain take a break when it's winding up for high aptitude in thinking. As we are moving through these thought-provoking questions and searching the quest of knowledge and wisdom and enjoying the soul's journey or sojourn of these epic moments that we call life, why are we human? What must we learn from this huge chemical shift by being humankind and not human kill? An old writer, a sacred text keeper, who share his words of wisdom. If a mind asks a question, she is a fool for several minutes. If an ego asks no question, then she is foolish for life. As a student of Tibetan medicine practitioner, we are taught to be a humble healer and become compassionate and all-compassing healer after her spirit dies and her soul lives on. A true healer is always learning, still continuing to experience the life of the wounded, healing the scars of false expectation and seeking opportunities to create meaning so that the heart can balance the four chambers of destiny. Want another golden nugget of wisdom? She who has all the answers did not ask all the questions. Yes, I must confess, I'm a fool because I don't have all the answer. But I'd rather not be foolish in the gift of life by taking things for granted. 
because the most beautiful nouns, that is people, places, and things, are simple people, clean places, and simple gestures. This podcast started by asking the simple questions. Why am I sharing this knowledge? How come you are here to listen? With each question is the quest to find out the simple gestures that describe the action that a soul must take in order to live a quality life. Serve many quantity people across boundaries and rigid lines and to create expression that is an adjective of the subject which makes life beautiful, love boldly, lose gracefully, and leave a long-lasting legacy. In Quest 15, there's a story, a Zen story, that talks about a lion who was trained and raised and schooled by a herd of sheep. The lion wore the sheep's clothing and who fell asleep from the nature's call. Fifteen is the number of stages that represent when the lion breaks all of her conditions of her past lives, of the false narrative, and it is when the lion falls deep into the shadow of darkness in order to find the light of the heart. Just like winter, Quest 15 is what happens when the lion's first look at his self-reflection over the pond and realize that his roar does not sound like blah, blah, but Arr! It's the heart of the lion that must be true to solve his internal conflicts and contentions where his herds who are a bunch of sheep that are still asleep. So where does the virtue of humbleness begin after the heart enters the darkest of the shadows? What happens when the heart is entrapped by the gods of hate and resentment for her circumstances and conditions? Well, it took 15 moons for me to put aside my kindness-inspired medicine Tibetan practice, to put away the teaching of keeping it magical Tibetan restorative breathworks and yoga. Honestly, how can we have world peace if the individual cannot have peace in his or her heart. Really, most of us know peace in the slogan is when a person dies. 
May she or he rest in peace. Have you really ever thought about that? Well, I have. I realize peace is really a state of nothing. It's in the void. It's in the black hole of the universe. Peace is being in the stillness of the mother's womb. So here I go again, writing a different story, but similar theme. What is more mysterious than life? Death. In the Asian culture, we often use the moon calendar to schedule our ways of living and living and going through life. Each of the moon cycle composed of 30 days. So the first is a new moon where new ideas and babies are being born. But the 15th day of the full moon is where a lot of soul transition to another world and many, many people lose their loved ones, especially during the full moon. Full moon is also a completion of a cycle for many. My mother passed away doing a lunar eclipse full moon on one Christmas Eve five years ago. I got an opportunity to hold her hand as she felt death. There was nowhere to escape. It is now here in the present that really matters. Death is a beautiful process. Death is a peaceful progression to a new life. Death is one of the greatest mystery that not a lot of people come back to share or solve the mystery of life. However, we have not really lived until we're ready to die. Living is a practice of dying a little bit at a time. The great Japanese writer Haruki Mukami poetically said, Death is not the opposite of life, but a part of it. As we go through life, we gradually discover who we are. The more we discover who we are, the more we lose a little bit of ourselves. Death of a seed must occur in order for a tree to be born. Just like the fallen dead fruit, it must let go of the mother tree for the seed which give rise to the next future generations of tree. Energy cannot be destroyed completely. It's only transformed or transferred from one state of matter into another desire that is destined to truly matters. So here's what I've been thinking for 15 moons and many life minutes on my sojourn. A man's integrity is like a fraction whose numerator is what he is and whose denominator 
is what he thinks of himself. Now, if we get into the logical mind of some mass math some mathematics and talk about fraction. 1 over 4 is 25%. 1 over 2 is 50% or a half. 1 over 3 is 33% or one third. One fifth is 20%. So for example, 1 is the numerator, which is the top number, and 5, 4, 3 is a denominator, which is a bottom number. So for example, 1 over 5, 1 fifth is 20%. Therefore, if the larger the denominator, the smaller the fraction. Mathematically speaking, when we're talking about the lions or getting back to the story of the lion, the lion's heart is truly the numerator. And what the lion thinks of himself when he is surrounded by sheep, that is the denominator. So the greater number of the sheep that dictates what the lions ought to be, then that defines who he is. So the smaller the fraction, the smaller his worth. And the less that he becomes whole in who he is. Again, one half is 50%. And one fifth which is 1 over 5, is 20%. So the fraction formula that determines where we should put our thoughts and comparing who we are should determine where the heart is in the present moment. If we were lions, we should focus on the top numerator. The top is a positive number. The higher the numerical value that matters of a heart that rise above the line of the higher presence, then the king of the jungle or the lion should mind his heart or her heart. Again, the numerator needs to be bigger than the denominator. So if the numerator is 5 and the denominator is 1, that is 5. Be 5. Be alive. Be in the fifth dimensional being and you would definitely, surely thrive. But when we put 1 over 2 over 4, over 5, then those are the fractions of our fears, our tears, and our years of replaying the same old lessons. Stop. 
numerator over denominator. Focus on the numerator, which is the lion's heart. You know, in the first 50 years, I was called a fool a lot. Because my brain, that case in my mind, doesn't think like the top 90% of the human society. See, when I was a young girl in Vietnam, I was fed with a meal of linguistic potluck. My first course was a Vietnamese alphabet pho to start. Then the Chinese chow mein noodles with the spicy quotes on how to live and how to be good so I can have good karma. Then in the third course, the chef changes and serve me German bratwurst, European style dressing, dialect, and delicacy. And all the new words and the structures had to come in understanding Deutsch. Believe me, I went through a really strict diet called discipline in order to learn Deutsch. In the fourth course, I've traveled three oceans to the land of the melting pot of Silicon Valley, where I had a shish kebab of English in the classroom, Spanish slang during recess, Hindi handmade body language at the local stores, Japanese calligraphy of fine art, French dining, and Filipino dialect with great friends and sisterhood while making lumpia and selling it for success. With so much flavors and saviors and sweetness in the belly, I finally ended up with the dessert of the traditional Tibetan tea of linguistic frequency that is filled with vibrational technical colors of sound symbols that helped me liquefy the language of human usage and tell the cultural stories and understanding the medicine of the heart. Believe me, I had many people calling me a fool because I didn't know how to use their language properly in a proper sentence. But I was very foolish to assume that everyone came to the international potluck and they tried all different types of food. Teachers were calling me a fool because I often time expressed the action before the subject because I thought it was more important. It didn't really matter if that noun was going to do it didn't really matter what I thought the noun was going to do someday see in Asian culture action speaks louder than word but in the American language human or the subject takes a priority over what he does or what she would do someday Again, 
I was foolish to assume that if each of the culture kept their traditional teachings, they learned their native ways, keep their heritage stories sacred, then we would have more flavor as a whole. And each of us can learn to appreciate our own signature dishes of dialect that is homemade instead of making food that are fast, instant, and it consists of artificial sweeteners and not all that natural flavoring. Say what you mean and mean what you say is the linguistic food choice for me. As I became older and more refined to the original taste of organic and where food for thought is composed of all five senses that savor the flavor of language. With age and experience, I'm able to discriminate the true flavoring of vanilla beans, coffee beans, coca beans, and telling different types of bean between bean sprout and bean curds. Now, can you tell the difference between an expensive bean, that is, expensive coffee beans, to an ordinary coffee bean? Waste not, want not, is an old proverb or a saying in the jungle. Did you know that an elephant can produce more than 200 pounds of dung a day? This is why elephant dung is more useful than chicken shit. Because waste not, you say. Elephant is an herbivore. They eat roots, grass, fruits, leaves, and bark. Elephant dung has more versatility than bullshit. Because elephant dung, when it's mixed with coffee beans, can make a great cup of coffee. Do you want to know what is the rarest coffee in the world? The fermentation process that the elephant used to digest and break down the coffee bean can bring out the sweetness and the fruity flavor of chocolate and cherry taste in the morning cup of joe. Did you know that the retail price for out of this jungle coffee is $500 per pound? And I'm not even bullshitting because I really don't want to leave a bad taste in your mouth. Just for your curiosity, elephant dung 
poop, lump, or waste. You can make gin, as in an alcohol. It can be used as an insect repellent, pain relief for medicine of headaches or toothaches. And it can use to unblock sinuses. And oftentimes, elephant dung is used as fertilizer and building campfires that warm up individual soul. The symbol of elevalence is a female, matriarchal, wise, and decorated elephant with an iconic reminder to the producer, writer, composer, storyteller, teacher, leader, and healer to bring back to the nature of the jungle experience and nurture the heart and the mind of what the mother's unconditional love. A lot of my story selections are based on elephants and their ways of life and how they nurture their young. I chose the elephant as a theme because elephant's true nature, that it does take time to seek harmony with the herd through the social bonds and finding deep connections in the animal kingdom. The wisest elephant is naturally selected as the leader of the tribe, not because she's a strong fighter like the bitch in the canine world, but when you look at our logos, our icon, or a symbol, the signature of an elephant that was painted and tattooed with many markings on her body. The scars, the lines, the curves, the shades, the shadows, the circles, the graph, the hieroglyphic are the stories of lessons, signatures, and the blessings of tales of tragedies while riding through the tides of change and challenges. Some say that these are the karmic imprints that a soul was given through many chances of experiencing life, love, loss, and living. And therefore, the elephant learns its meaning by being in the present moment and stand firmly grounded and yet remain compassionate through ease and gentleness. Back to the beginning of the theme of my quote. Once upon a star, a story is born, brought to you by Elevalence. Here are two stories of the jungle of science that the elephant riddle for life and the pride that is tempered in the ways in dealing conflict. The first one is a paradoxical riddle from Asia that provoke the logic thinking and test the progressions of your wisdom of the human heart. There were five kids we called the little ranger. Each of the kids or ranger had a different personality. Each experienced life a little bit different. Each solved complex problems with their own individual gifted mind. These five 
little rangers were blindfolded and were led to a campsite in the mountain forest. The forest ranger, who was their leader, elder, teacher, shared with these five little rangers that they couldn't come to a solution if they were set in their ways. And they believe that their ways is correct and all the others are wrong. Funny. These rangers all want to be the leader when it comes to an easy task. And they all wanted to be followers on the difficult quest. So the leader, the elder, taught them a very valuable lesson in understanding the hearts of each other's mind by seeing how each ranger used his or her experience and knowledge to solve what they don't know or what is unknown. So for the first objective, they had to identify their surrounding environment and solve the riddle as a group. So each of the ranger was led to a different part of this mystery site. And they must use their five senses of taste, smell, touch, hear, and not use their two eyes, but their first eye of intuition to solve this great mystery. The first ranger said, after rubbing the stocky woody moss trunk, and he said, it's a tree. The second ranger said, after petting this long hose where it felt water spilling out, and she said, it's a hose. It's connected to the faucet that feeds the birds. The third ranger was sitting on the throne because I can feel the breeze up high in the sky and I could listen to the people talking below me. Oh, the soft fur around my legs. It must be the king's throne, the third ranger said. And the fourth ranger said, it's a feather of a really big bird. It's so soft and fluffy. And now, the fifth ranger, who he took a long time to move, and he followed his hands around this mysterious object. And finally, the fifth ranger said, It must be some big animal, because as I move around it, it has so many different textures, and some places were soft, some were rough, some areas smell so sweet like grass, and other areas smell like a muddy pond. And some portion, I heard great wind flowing through a tunnel, and other portion, I heard birds chirping. Oh. As each of these rangers 
talk out loud and to talk through it, they all came to the conclusion to reach their second objective of this mysterious object. And they said it was a king's chariot. And finally, the leader told the kids to remove their bandana and open their eyes. And they felt their surrounding. And in the center of the circle sat Mama Elephant with the king's chariot on her back. And her name was Elevalence. So what is the lesson of this koan or the riddle that is pertaining to life full of wisdom? Are you ready to open up your heart first and your head second to see another perspective? Do you want to know the mystery of the Asian elders and ancestors' teaching? You must come with open hearts and hands to receive. The five keys to make you thrive in life are the words of wisdom. Waste not, want not. Ella Valence used all aspects of the stories to inform the young ranger to extend his or her range of perspective, to stretch the brain connection by learning to use imagination that reaches the stars, and to waste not the wisdom of the elders and want not to take pride in knowing it all. Each quest is a question to expand our mental universe and raise the valence energy. Wisdom number one. Each of the five rangers were exploring one aspect of the elephant and one of them extended out to the range that only he or she was comfortable in thinking of a solution based on the range of the motion around the elephant. Thus, each ranger was only partial correct based on his or her own comfort zone in testing the unknown. The basic elemental of science and spiritual perspective is that we are all human, but our chemical makeup sets us into a different electron vibration, different atomic frequency, and our valence emotional charge it's based on how well we bond with the other's views, perception, ideology, philosophy, and the matters of the heart, and the karmic of twists and turns. Wisdom number two. The fifth ranger was the one with the most vivid 
in his explanation of the big animal. The fifth ranger was more than comfortable in exploring his range to the change and the challenges because he was more curious to test the boundaries of where the subject begins and where the elephant ends. Thus, we all have this innate curiosity and thinking and exploring different solutions to find out what is real to us by using the resources that are available for us to solve whatever obstacle may lay before us. Remember, elephant use discernment to solve all of her problems. Wisdom number three. Depending on where you stand in life, what you are doing in the present moment, and how you use your discernment to make a judgment call to reach to a conclusion or an answer. Each ranger will use her range of past experiences to foretell and to determine the future prediction. Elephant use to represent that if we use the magnitude of our weight, of our wisdom, of our resources, and of our talent, we can use all of our senses to describe the multi-dimensional beyond the space-time of reality. The lesson to this Vietnamese tale is just because you think you know, your thinking might be partial correct. Remember the fraction. The more you think you know, the lower the percentage of you asking valuable questions. Just because you are a ranger, that does not mean that you are limited by your range, your age, your imagination, and your memories. Be the numerator that define your range of living life to the fullest. Ella Valence is a podcast. This is what our virtue is. Once upon a star, a story is born. This is my chemical reaction for the premise of this podcast is to elevate to elevate your range to connect and to bond electromagnetically, chemically, spiritually, socially, humanly, kindly, elegantly to elemosery of a better world. Let's share Another story from a personal experience going through Africa in Tanzania. We're driving through the Sangredi National Park that is over 5,000 miles of the most extensive migratory herds of the wild beasts, 
the largest natural wonders of the world of the oldest volcano known as Narongo Crater. We were driving to a swamp that was fed by the spring where all the wildlife gathered to drink water. But not far from us, there was a lion, all by his lonesome self, watching the herd of elephant. <gasps> I panicked! Please, lion, don't kill the baby elephant! Her family's nearby! And the forest ranger from the Maasai calmly said, That lion would not attack the elephant! I said, but the lions are the king of the jungle. I thought they'd kill those who can't even defend themselves. Can you see? By now, I was a fool because I realized I was watching way too much animated version of the Lion King. So it colored my perspective of what I think the natural killer instinct of a lion really is. So then he began to tell me a story of the jungle science. We learn the lessons of the way of nature. Do not test the wrath of nature because nature follows a path what is natural, what is pure, and it thrives on harmony and humbleness. So he began Long, long ago, there was a quarrel between a pack of lions and a herd of the elephant. There was one lion. He was very aggressive in nature. He would kill the zebras, the giraffes, the hogs, or anything with four legs that crossed his path. This lion would kill because it was a great game. And he kill not to feed his belly but to feed his toxic blood one season the lion preyed on the young baby elephant it killed one elephant then two then another then another after the elephant heard the cry of the female mother of the pact while protecting her baby herd all the elephant from far away land gathered and they heard what the herd had said about this aggressive lion. So the herd gathered, watched the lion, not to kill it, it watched from afar to see what it would do. So one day, it would wound the lion. Not kill, just wound the lion. And as the lion hunts and rests, the aggressive lion eventually came back to its den where all the other lion packs lies. Again, the elephant of the herd just watch the den from afar until one morning before sunrise, 
the herd of the elephant clan came and attacked the lion's den, killing all the lions and even the kitten lions. So it said in the jungle, do not test the lions of the herds of the elephant. They have long, long memories and they will pass their wisdom down to the lessons about this aggressive lions who killed their young. They will go after the pack of the lions and no other families of the lions that did not touch their herd. This is what the maternal elephant is really known for. It's long memories. And thus the memories of the maternal elephant, not only it's long lasting, either good or bad, but it's still everlasting. So wisdom number four is an African lesson that the elder matriarch elephant might be a gentle giant who's a vegetarian and it's socialized in the general community of the kingdom. But the lion who wants to lead only ended up by the wrath of the elephant and not only by the matriarchal elephant but all her generation and generation after her. So wisdom number five. When you travel to the jungle and you watch the natures and how the animal nurture their environment. Animals traveled from one landscape to another, respecting each other's herd and giving them space to share the resources. If the hippo wants to play and bathe in the river, then the herd of the zebras who see the hippos, well, the zebra herd will move down 10 kilometers upstream or downstream so it could take a rest or play. I saw that there is a natural harmony in the animal instinct beyond the animal kingdom. There are plenty of spaces to roam and waters for the two-legged, the four-legged, and the no-legged to live in harmony. All animal wants to do is to live and care for their young with the water and the resources of food that are available to them. There is no hoarding of the water, shelter, fruit, or landscape in the animal world or the jungle of Africa. Maybe their greatest threat is the unpredictability of the natural environment or the elements. That makes me wonder, or have you ever wondered why the elephant who is sometimes 
five times the size of the lion is not the king of the jungle? Why is the elephant represent the virtue of humbleness while the lion represent pride? Well, I like to end it with another poem. According to the elephant that holds these three treasures very dear. First is love, second is contentment, third is humbleness. Only the loving are courageous. Only the content or are magnanimous. Only the humble are capable of commanding. Until the next quest, stay humble, be humankind, waste not your energy, and want not the noise. <laughs>